Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Well, thank you very much, Farad, and welcome back, all of our baby boomer buddies. This is the podcast made just for you, another day above ground. And we like to talk about all things related to boomers because... We're all boomers. So uh, I can't, of course, do this by myself. So please welcome my two uh, partners in this episode, in this, not episode, endeavor. That's the word I'm looking for, endeavor. Uh, from uh, from uh, Indiana, please welcome the Aristotle of comedy, Mr. Tim Slagle. California was hit by an earthquake and hurricane the exact same weekend. Uh, right now, the Meteorological Society is warning people moving out of California to avoid using the rearview mirror, lest you be turned into a pillar of salt. <laughs> very, very nice. Very nice. I like that one. And joining us from Denver, Colorado, please welcome Carolyn Strauss. Yeah, I loved your word endeavor. Is this where we endeavor to be funny? <laughs> I've been endeavoring to be funny for four and a half years now. As, as soon as I get there, I'm just going to keep running away from hurricanes and keep trying to figure it out. <laughs> well, we have had a uh, we've had quite a week. We've had uh, disasters upon disasters everywhere. To be perfectly honest with you, it's enough to drive somebody to drink. And usually I, you know, I drive myself. So, uh, you know, usually I don't need any assistance. <laughs> but you don't drive home since you got that Tesla. Thank goodness. As <laughs> <laughs> soon as I get enough batteries for it, it'll That's, be great. Uh, yes, the, 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 the Tesla, Elon Musk's Tesla, the official vehicle of the drunk driver. <laughs> Wait a minute. If a Tesla starts swerving, do they give it a breathalyzer? How does that work? They they just um, check the I don't know I, I don't know I, <laughs> I said, thought I had something there but I, I really I just they don't said know. they they sent someone to, they sent someone to Tesla headquarters and uh, uh, test the <laughs> test the program. I think our guest has something I think he does and he's like dying to say it introduce him really fast and let him say it. Well, no because I'm not done introducing the show yet so keep that point Mr. Guest and we'll get to you in one second anyhow. <laughs> What? You, you're jumping the gun again, Carolyn. Always really wait till, till you know, everybody else is there. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about uh, drinking. Well, I think about it uh, daily. But as baby boomers, when we were growing up, our parents, you know, had sp- certain drinks that they always enjoyed and and a lot of those drinks have gone out of favor or out of fashion and i was just thought we'd talk about uh talk about uh, drinks that were and drinks that are uh, on their way for instance i'll start off my dad's favorite drink was a highball i don't think you can go into any bar and order a highball anymore it was a shot of whiskey and ginger ale usually or a shot of whatever happened to be under the sink and and ginger ale and uh, my mother was not <laughs> not was not not, a, and not everything you can, you would find under the sink, Dale. Because sometimes there's a rotten potato under there. Well, <laughs> we use that to make vodka. <laughs> and my mom wasn't a drinker at all, but if pressed, she would order something like a, a grasshopper. And uh, you know, I, she'd order it by rubbing her legs together, and you know, and that made the sound. But uh, what what did you guys? What what, what did your parents uh, drink? 
Uh, my dad was also a highball. He'd, uh, he he liked the uh, the the uh, whiskey and ginger ale. Is uh, whereas mom. Uh, only when she'd go out, because Dad never figured out how to make it, he would just make her a highball. Mom would, uh, uh, when she was out, would order a Tom Collins. That was her. Ah. That was her fancy drink. What, what's in a Tom Collins? I believe it's uh, uh, l- l- uh, lime, uh, soda water, and gin. I think I could be wrong. Uh, we we'll probably find out shortly. You know what you're saying about uh, uh, the highball out of fashion. Most bars don't even carry ginger ale. They carried ginger beer now because of the popularity of the Moscow Mule that uh, that that happened a few years back and uh, is fading out in favor of the old fashioned. But uh, to keep on track, what most bars would do is they would give do seven up with a with a with a squirt of Coke to fake to 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 uh, as fake ginger ale. And they figure if the whiskey's strong enough, there no one's going to notice they didn't get ginger ale. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. They're, most bars do not have ginger ale on the on the fountain. It's just uh, they only have so many buttons and uh, not enough demand. I remember when uh, when they did a stint of bartending when I was between jobs, and one of the popular drinks was a whiskey press, which was short oh. for whiskey Presbyterian. Just <laughs> a shot of whiskey, half ginger ale, half soda. Huh. I I I, I, I I have a friend that likes the vodka press, and he for him it's just vodka soda. That's a, he doesn't probably know the the half ginger ale. Yeah, well, that, maybe he's not Presbyterian. I really don't know. But there, here's another drink that you don't find anymore. It used to be very popular, the Sazerac. The only place you can get it anymore, I think, is New Orleans. But uh, the the Sazerac, which was uh, rye whiskey, uh, sugar, bitters, and uh, Pernod. Uh, which is something French. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of those things. It's one of those things they don't have behind the bar anymore. The Pernod, I, I, I think. exactly. It's, which is exactly. why you, you can do the rest. I think the rest is just an old fashioned whiskey and uh, bitters. Bitters. Oh uh, uh, yeah, well, it's specifically rye. So an old fashioned can be rye, can be bourbon, can be right. whatever. Right. The uh, the the other one, the other one that's uh, that you never see that every bar used to have one was that that big tall Galliano bottle. I don't yep. think I, I used okay. to have one at home with the little spigot on the bottom. Yep, growing up, that was the memory that I have on top of the bar in our den was this giant Galliano bottle, which never got less and less and less. I don't think anybody drank it. Wait. It just lived on the corner of the bar. It, it was had a, necessity it had a spigot. For... It had a spigot in the bottom. It, yours had a... it. Did. Mine did. Yeah, which it makes a, which makes a lot of the... sense because that's it's hard to maneuver that high bottle. And they're not going to put it yeah. in a short bottle because that's the uh, that's the uh, uh, look you want. It's that really tall, long, narrow bottle. And if you put the bottle on top of like a couple of books, you can fit your head under there and just turn the spigot on. And that's a, that's a way to go too. It was, well, but it was a, we it, friends when I was little, Dale. Bummer, man. It was it was, it was, a, it was, it was a licorice flavor, wasn't it? Isn't it kind of like yeah? A it was a prime li- ingredient in the Harvey Wallbanger. That's where it gained its popularity. So, um, anyhow, 
we've pretty much uh, given you all of our knowledge about uh, liquor and old-time drinks, so that's why, once again, we have gone to great expense to bring in an expert on the topic. Russell Trahan recently wrote a book called One for the Road, where he took classic cocktails, like we've been talking about, and, and saw which ones matched up to classic cars. And it's a beautiful book, because on one page is a beautiful picture of the car, and on the upper side is the uh, is the recipe. Please welcome to another day above ground, Russell Trahan. Thank you very much, Dale. Hi, Carolyn and Tim. How are you today? Good, good. I, love just, I just had a business idea for you and me that we should yes. talk about. I think we should match designers, clothing designers, with cocktails that Ooh. match that match the image of the clothing. I used to do that with fragrances. I used to do perfume, oh. fashion fragrance shows for like Father's Day and Mother's Day for department yes. stores years ago. We should mix it with cocktails. That is a project that you and I could work on. Well, I think I, we should. I think the smell of alcohol is kind of a fashion fragrance if you shop at the yes. Walmart. <laughs> that, that could actually, yes, that, that could be, if I could, that could actually be my fourth book. Um, one for the Road, Classic Cars and Cocktails, is the first book. The second book, One for the Road, Cities and Cocktails, that share a name, is currently at the editors right now. And Ooh. it's cities, one from each state, that has shares a name with a cocktail. And much like the first book, it's got the recipe, and then it's got a little history about each city, and then it's illustrated with vintage postcards from each city. That's at the editors right now. The third book is One for the Road, Songs and Cocktails that Share a Name. And I've got either song titles or song lyrics that reference a cocktail. And I'm currently collecting the sheet music because I've got the recipe for the drink then I've got a little paragraph about the song, who wrote it, who sang it, who recorded it, if it was in a musical, what musical it was in. And now I'm out collecting the vintage sheet music that I'm going to use to illustrate it. So that's that's going to be the third book. But the fourth book, maybe we could even combine designer clothing and perfume designers because I'm trying to target, I, I kind of got to 50 with the first book, The Cars, and decided, okay, that's enough. And it fell accidentally into the second book. Well, there's 50 states, so a city from each state. And then that kind of set the number for the third book. So we might need you know, to combine co uh, clothing and perfume to get to 50 for the fourth book. So we'll call it one for the runway. One, oh, I got an I got an addendum for your fit for your for your state uh, state book if you do a second edition because uh, a lot of people want to make Washington D.C. the fifty first state and I, I think the drink for that one would be the zombie. There you go. Very nice. <laughs> that is good. Well, it's at the editors. I could slip it in already. <laughs> or it could be Malort, which is the yes. most foul tasting liquor yeah. on the planet. Yeah. Well, there's. The, no, Gewürztraminer. Minor is the worst tasting alcohol uh, on the planet. Uh, you're in gonna, my opinion. you're gonna have well, to, you're gonna have to give. Gewürztraminer is that what you're talking? You're about? gonna have to no. bring a bottle next time you come to Chicago and have Dale give you a <laughs> shot of Malort, and you could do the side no, by side. No, it's Jaeger 
Kapustermeister. I'm sorry. Kapustermeister is a really good yeah. wine. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Too much I drink. It, yeah, Jägermeister. No, that stuff no, is no, that's no, it is quite tasty. In my humble opinion, I, I agree with you. It's it's either Goldschlager or Jägermeister. That those it's a toss up. Um, going back to your earlier topic, Galliano. Yes, that's the the Harvey Wallbanger, and it got its name because the bottle was so tall. They always kept it at the back of the bar up against the wall oh. because they didn't want to have to reach past it to get to any other bottles because it was so tall. Uh -huh. So it was always back up against the wall uh -huh. at the back of the bar. So a Harvey Wallbanger is basically just a screwdriver, you know, uh, vodka and orange juice with a shot of Galliano but they would call it a wall banger because they'd have to reach back up against the wall to get the Galliano out. And inevitably they bang it up the bottle up against the wall as they'd pull it out. So it was called a Harvey wall banger because that's where they always stored the, the, the Galliano at the far back of the bar up against the wall. I think that's, I think that's just how they got it past the sensors. Yeah. And judging from the shape of the bottle, it could have also been called, you know, like a, a Wilt Chamberlain, who was quite yes. the wall banger, I understand, from his biography. So. From his biography, 20,000 of them, so he said. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were doing this, the cars are easy to find. You know, you can find antique cars and pictures of them and descriptions of them. But how did you find the cocktails that matched up? Um, a lot of it just from uh, friends, from family members. Um, you know, the, the, the drink that started it all was the Manhattan. Um, that was my grandfather's favorite, favorite drink. Uh, as I say in the introduction to the book, on my 21st birthday, I was toasting to my grandfather having a Manhattan. He bought me my first drink and... He was always into cars and collecting cars and antique and vintage cars. Uh, Carolyn, I love, I can't quite tell from the picture. Is that a 55 or a 56 behind you? It's red. It's red, yes. <laughs> I think I, <laughs> I think it's a 55, but I can't quite tell from the picture. So um, She only claims to be 48, so. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Um, well, at one time, my grandfather had a 55, 56, 57, 61, 2, and 3 T-Bird convertibles in his my private My dad had collection. a T-Bird convertible, too, which is why I went and found yeah. this picture. Cause, yeah. yeah, no, that's gorgeous. That sounds, uh, like, uh, that sounds like that Johnny Cash song. Oh, yeah. Had a 55, 56, 57, 58. Yeah, one piece <laughs> at a time. That's a great song. But... You know, and I, I got to thinking, hey, there was a car named Manhattan. And then we just started kind of brainstorming what were some others. And then, you know, as I talked to friends and family members and they'd say, oh, well, you know, I've got this drink and I've got that drink. And then as I started finding out other cars, I would find out other drinks as well and uh, one, uh, a particular antique dealer that I went to for a lot of the magazines that I'd pull the ads out of for cars, he even came to me and said, you know, oh, I found this ad for an ambassador. Wasn't there an ambassador punch 
that was a drink that my mother used to make all the time. So here, I got you this ad. Um, you know, he brought that to me. So it it very much was a group effort that just kind of grew and blossomed. So Did Manhattan make both books? Uh, actually, yes. Uh, the Manhattan is the one that so far is in all three books. Oh. It's in the car, it's in the city, and it's in the song. Oh. And I did that on purpose because it is the one that started it all. So I intentionally made it the only one that is in all three books. A uh, little tip of the hat, little tribute. It's 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 my Carol Burnett version of the ear tug, you know, um, tribute to my grandfather. And in the um, one for the runway, we can actually make it the DKNY drink. There you go. Well, you, look, you know, I, I, I'm looking at your book right now and I and you, you picture of the Thunderbird and to see what kind of recipe you had. And I was very surprised to find that you didn't go with a top quality yet inexpensive red wine, which is always oh. what I related <laughs> to at the Thunderbird. Oh, yeah. This one calls for vodka, <laughs> almond liqueur, orange liqueur and pineapple juice, which sounds yeah. quite tasty when you when yeah. you find them all. I did try to leave the recipes fairly generic in the book. Uh, you know, I just said, you know, if the recipe called for whiskey, I just said whiskey. I didn't call out any particular brand, leaving it up to the the buy, you know, the the reader to to choose their own top shelf or to to choose whatever they wanted to. Um, whether they wanted to do rock gut or or top shelf, whatever their budget allows. So and I like the one for the BMW, which is just vodka and prune juice, you know, so they get the BM in there. So that's a, that's a nice one, too. That is a good one. <laughs> what is your, uh, what's your go-to drink? You go to a bar, what do you order? Um, I am pretty much just a, a, a vodka martini straight up with a twist. Um, usually Grey Goose, usually Belvedere. Um, I... Usually just because I'm going to start drinking before I know what I'm going to eat. So I like to go with a palate cleanser. Um, just keep it simple so it doesn't interfere with the food. And then when I sit down and I know what I'm going to eat, I'll order the wine accordingly. So I keep my cocktail clear. So it's yeah, just before, a... before your pancakes and omelet. You, yeah. You're not sure if you're going to have pancakes or omelets or bacon. That's so right. you've got to start with something kind of generic. Yeah. Something well, no, good. if it's yeah. before if it's before pancakes and omelets, it's got to be a bloody mary. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sorry there. You've yeah. got to there's or no screwdriver, you know, if you're more into the yeah. orange juice. Or a mimosa. Or, yes. Or... Yeah, something you can pour over your cornflakes and it won't interfere with the taste. So or an Irish coffee. You know what? There's so many yeah. breakfast drinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't. Yeah, you can't call it day drinking if you don't start in the morning. So. <laughs> well, and we'll you know that one for the rush hour. One, but yeah. <laughs> There's, you know, and and you talk about things that are associated with drinking that fade out. I, I find fewer people. My grandmother always used to use the phrase, you know, the sun is over the yard arm. And it, it's, it was an old phrase that people say, it's okay to start drinking when the sun is over the yard arm. 
And people these days just don't know that phrase anymore. A lot of a lot of younger people. And you know, my grandmother was British. Um, she wasn't born in England, but both of her parents were born in England. Um, they came over, and and she was born in this country, but they were both born in England. So she picked it up from them. But it was always okay to drink when the sun was over the yard arm. And that was because they didn't have clocks. Yes, yes, no, very true. They didn't have clocks. And it's an old British naval phrase. Mm -hmm. And I did some research on it, and I found out that it was when the, the captain and the officers would distribute the day's of, of allotment Rum. of Rum. gin, or actually gin, to, to, oh. to gin and lime to ward off scurvy to the men on the ships. And it doesn't refer to the setting sun. It, it re- actually refers to the rising sun. Oh. So when the sun rises over the yard arm, which is actually one of the, the lower horizontal parts of the boom and the mast of a ship, and it actually takes place at about 10 a.m. in the morning. So according to the British Navy, it's okay to start drinking gin at 10 a.m. A little so. a little footnote to that is that uh, uh, when they found that quinine was effective against uh, 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 malaria, they added mm-hmm. tonic to the gin and lime mm-hmm. drink. And, yes, uh, that's and, when uh, they did that. Yeah, that was originally, that's how they took care of malaria, was uh, by inventing yep. the gin and tonic. That's the gin and tonic with lime was born. So. Yep. So if yep. anybody out there, any listeners, if you have malaria or scurvy, uh, I would go with the gin and, or scurvy, go with the gin and tonic and some citrus fruit in there. And that would be uh, yeah. that would be the way to go. Malaria and, and scurvy yeah. are really good dog names. Oh, aren't they, though? Aren't they? Come here, malaria. Yeah. yeah. Sit, scurvy, yeah. sit. That'd be a, a good sixth book, Pet Names and Cocktails. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> a friend of mine just told me that his, uh, his sister and brother-in-law they named their new dog Kitty. And when, <laughs> when they're out someplace, they're, come here, Kitty, come here, Kitty. <laughs> and they tell people he identifies as a cat. So, you know, I there's that. Well, and no Best, joke. One last question for you, Russell. Two okay. last questions. First one is, uh, is what, what's the, the best drink to close out the day? The best drink to close out the day for me is a sidecar which is brandy and uh, sour mix. It's, it's uh, uh, well, I usually double the recipe. So it's two shots of brandy and one shot of sweet and sour mix. Um, traditionally, it's, it's one shot of brandy and half a shot of sour mix, but I hate messing around with half shots. So oh, I just course. double it, make it two and one. Um, typically- Fewer trips you, to the bar. Yeah, if you're drinking, you don't need to do fractions. That's right. Yeah, no fractions. Um, typically, you would put it in a stemmed cocktail glass, like a martini glass, and sugar the rim. I don't like to mess with the sugared rim, so I just put it in a snifter, and it's it's a nice, warm, soothing. You know, the the brandy and the sweet and sour mix. So I I like a side. Who doesn't like sugar on their rim, huh? Uh, that's that's earlier in the evening. That's I another yeah, book. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's one for the road, 50 shades of cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Russell, we have uh, we have run out of time, but I want uh, I want you to let people know where they can get a copy of this very cool book, One for the Road: Classic Cars and Cocktails at Share a Name. Where can they get it? Certainly. Well, they can go to the website uh, www.classiccarsandcocktails.com. Uh, and they can go there and um, they can go to the contact form and tell me how they want it autographed. The uh, And uh, I will be happy to send them a copy. If they don't necessarily want it personalized, they can just go to Amazon. Uh, now, when they're searching for it on Amazon, there are so many One for the Road books. If they search for One for the Road and cocktails or One for the Road and cars, it'll come up faster. If they just search for one for the road, they got to search down a lot because there's a lot of one for the road books. But if they search for one for the road and Trahan or one for the road and cocktails, it'll come up a lot sooner. But fastest way is uh, classiccarsandcocktails.com. Fill out the, the contact form and that way I can send them a personalized copy of it. Terrific. And you sent me one and I love what you wrote in there because it's a book about cocktails and it says, don't read and drive. And I yes. think that's <laughs> Russell, thank you very, very much. And uh, and we appreciate the time that you spent with us. And I, I'm sure that uh, Tim and, and Carolyn are looking forward to their free copies of your book. And because uh, <laughs> yep. that's, that's what we do here. And uh, Anyhow, any last words before we let you go that you'd like to let people know? Oh, no. Hey, I Tim, I loved the, the joke about the, the pillar of salt. You know, there are <laughs> lots of jokes about his wife. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's boy. Good. Okay. <laughs> that, that sounds like something Carolyn would have written. I know. That's Any why I <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Russell. And uh, we, now that we know it's okay to have a, a cocktail going to bed at night and one first thing when you wake up in the morning, we're all going to be better off. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Anyhow, if I, uh, if, as I look on the uh, old clock on the wall, it tells me that I found my bell. That's right. It is time to play our game. As you know by now, every week we like to uh, take some questions from the board game Boom Again, which in my opinion is the best board game ever made for baby boomers. And uh, we've had the uh, we've had the inventor on here a couple of times. And what we do is we ask questions from the game which is kind of like Trivial Pursuit, except all questions aimed towards our generation. So what we do is we ask three questions on here. If you send in the three correct answers, we're going to send you a copy of this game, which is very impressive. It comes in a big cigar box, and it's got cool tokens and everything. Anyhow, if you have the, uh, the three answers, you should send them where, Carolyn? to another day above ground show at gmail.com send us your answers and your address and if you've got all three answers right we will send you a game that's another day above ground show at gmail.com okay and uh, and at the end we're going to tell you how if you if you don't know the answers you can still buy the game at a discount so that's pretty cool too 
So let's start off with last week's questions, and I'll give you the answers. So right as of now, it's it's too late to send in the answers for the ones I'm going to give you. The first one on Saturday Night Live, Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin go back and forth in a segment of Weekend Update. After Jane disagrees with him, what famous line does Dan come back with? Jane, you ignorant slut. Yes, that is absolutely correct. I think that All was right. the first time that we ever heard the word slut on television, too. I, I, that's why that's why it had since, such you know. That's why it had such a, such impact. It was like, oh my god, did he just say slut? It's another good band name, you ignorant slut. All right. All right, Mel Blank. Mel Blank was the voice of Porky Pig, and he chose a fitting epitaph for his tombstone. What does it say? No, it's what comes after. Well, I know. That's I, all, folks. I was waiting for That's Carolyn. All, I was waiting folks. for Carolyn. To... Oh, oh, yeah. I see. Oh, I see. I didn't think that, that Carolyn. Actually... I didn't think that Carolyn was going to do the Adib. No, I wasn't. Did they see? I love my boys. Um, did, is that really what it says on his tombstone? That's all, That's folks? all folks. And does it have the the little rainbowy kind of? I don't know. There, I don't know. There's no picture of his tombstone. Huh. Just the answer. I know what I'm putting on my tombstone. It's going to be little with my name and the dates on there, and in little tiny type. If you can read this, you're standing on my chest. So, uh, all right. Here's our final question from last week. What was the name of the tablet that kids dropped into water to create instant sparkling drinks? Fizzies. Fizzies. You drop a fizzy into water and you get instant sparkling drinks. And then and you. The, and the tablet that boomers drop into water that gives us fizzling drinks. Well, they were actually seltzer. on blotters. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it was fizzly and sparkling experience. Do you ever drink a fizzy? They were horrible. Yeah. And, and, and uh, then they came out with straws. That had the stuff inside the straw. So if you had white milk, the straw was chocolate, and you just drink through this whatever's in the straw, and you get chocolate milk. And that I'm sure that was good for us. Because the it tasted like it tasted like Alka Seltzer. It tasted like root beer flavored Alka Seltzer. Yes, it was just, yes, it was, exactly. It was horrible. It was. Exactly. I think you. I think. I think it, everybody bought it once. <laughs> and it just it just didn't work. Here's another here's another uh, uh, another thing you're gonna give me uh, go. Oh, I didn't know that. Remember Bromo Seltzer? Yes, I remember the name. Uh huh. Yes, I remember. I don't know what it did. It was it was like Alka Seltzer for anxiety. It contained bromine, which was uh, which was an anxiety. Yeah. Was an anxiety. I just knew people took it after a big meal to belch. You know, no, that was Alka Seltzer. <laughs> that was Alka Seltzer. Alka Seltzer was like I thought aspirin, before Alka Seltzer was aspirin, Bromo and Seltzer. no Bromo Seltzer. It was it was a by the same company. It was uh, 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 Abbott Labs, I think. Was uh, a Bromo Seltzer was the same thing. They had to take it off the market because it was uh, it was it was it became illegal because what happened was people were were abusing it and they were dying of bromine overdoses. They were taking Bromo Seltzer and. They were drinking it with Coca-Cola before Coke changed their thing. So you got bromine and Coke. Wow. No wonder people were dying. They were happier. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> you didn't have to didn't have to didn't have no Prozac in those days, ladies and gentlemen. No, we had <laughs> mushrooms. All right. <clears throat> 
Here's our questions for this week. So, my friends, get something to write with, something to write on, and write down uh, these questions and then send in the answers and send them in to another day above ground show at gmail.com. All right, here's our first question. What slang word described both a pubescent boy's arousal and also was slang for a surfer's paneled station wagon? Oh. What word was for a yeah, pubescent boy's arousal and a, was a surfer's paneled station wagon? I like Ooh. that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Here's question number two. In the late 70s, an FBI sting caught politicians accepting bribes from phony Arabian companies. What was that sting operation called Ooh. in the late 1970s? Another good one. I think it was also a, a, a euphemism for arousal. <laughs> I'm gonna have to wait till next week to laugh at that. I don't know, <laughs> no, make, I don't know the answer. It's a misdirection. It's a complete misdirection. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and and uh, and our third question is: According to the announcer at the start of each episode of The Adventures of Superman. What three things was the Man of Steel fighting for? What did Superman fight for? Three things that were said at the beginning of every episode. Those are our three questions for this week. If you have those answers, please, please send them to us via email to one more time, Carolyn. Another day above ground show at gmail.com. But if you want to buy a game, you can go to boomagain.com. That's the website to buy the game and check it out. And when you purchase your game at the end, at the purchase um, screen, there will be a promo code. Type in 1010ADAG, another day above ground, 10ADAG, and you will get 10% off the price of your game. There you are. What a deal. Well, my friends, we have come to the end of yet another show. We hope you uh, laughed. I know you all learned something. I, you know, I did, and I'm, I'm sure everybody did. And now we, uh, we just uh, want to say that we'll see you again next week. Before we do that, Carolyn, any final words? I'm just looking at manatees in a whole new way right now. It's fascinating. <laughs> Pull my flipper. <laughs> <laughs> There's another T-shirt. <laughs> Picture of a manatee. Pull my flipper. <laughs> Tim, any last words? Hey, just go to dimslegal.com and find more about the Dimslegal World Tour. All right, and then go to adaleirvin.com where you can sign up for the Friday Funnies. I believe one of the topics we'll be discussing this week are manatees. So there you go. Other than that, my friends, thank you for listening. Tell all of your friends about this show. And right now, go out and enjoy today because it is another day above ground. And that's it for another day above ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.